0: We've got a choice, we can either, you know, just give up and go home, or we can use the skills that we've got, and we can basically say, or we can cook meals. We can do all sorts of stuff to support the homeless, to support the most disadvantaged in the city.
1: Hello friends, welcome to today's podcast. Today we're joined by Andy Street. Andy is the founding director of a very successful global company, he's an investor and a social entrepreneur. Andy will be sharing some of his personal journey with us, and how he and others have been impacted by unexpected generosity. We'll be looking at ways we can all become more generous with the resources we have. So let's hear from Andy. Welcome to today's podcast, and I'm really pleased to say we've got Andy Streets with us today. Andy, welcome.
0: Good to be with you.
1: Thanks so much for joining us. I'll just give a brief intro for those listening about who you are and kind of your, your bit of your background. So to start with you, you know, you're, you've had a first class honours degree in civil engineering and then you went on to be a founding director of SLR Consulting which is one of the fastest growing global environmental consulting uh, firms. And then kind of fast forward a bit maybe in the last 10 years or so you've definitely had a strong focus on the social enterprise and charity which is how where we connected. Yeah. And if I look at your bio that you sent through, the the list is an un- unbelievable list to be honest. I'll, I'll just kind of just start with a few of the things. So, uh, you, you're a founding director or founded the Fair Share Southwest, which is a food bank. Uh, you were the chair of In Hope, a homeless charity. Founding chair of 5K Partnership, which is around food pop food poverty. And founding chair of 61, Mentor Me, which is around supporting ex-offenders. And then if you look at some other things that you're heavily involved in within the city of Bristol, a uh, member of an investment fund, the Bristol and Bath, the co-chair of Bristol and Bath, regional capital and Bristol city funds. I know you're involved in a lot of other ventures in the city, but that's pretty, pretty extensive. I was just looking through it, quite amazed, to, to be honest, looking at it as a whole list. I mean, where do you find the time to eat? <laughs>
0: well, funny enough it's the second time today i've been asked that and, been, right. uh, i think i think it's fair to say people say andy what do you what have you been doing for the last few years yeah. uh, and i think actually uh, is where you and i first connected i think i've been doing an awful lot of meeting up with people when we could you know yep. in person drinking a lot of coffee talking a lot and joining the dots and people say that's false humility and it actually isn't it's actually what i've been doing and um, yeah, right yeah I I just got to know a lot of people, and a lot of the organisations that you just described. Actually, Fair Share isn't a food bank. Fair Share is that next next level out where we work with the food industry to distribute surplus food across the city uh to hundreds of, of organizations that are working with the most disadvantaged in, in oh, the really. city and indeed in the southwest of england yeah um, and I, I guess that i've been very fortunate in most of the organizations i've got involved with to have really good people running them on a day-to-day basis to see right. uh, the, to the project manager which makes my job an awful lot easier so it might it might sound as if how do you do all that it's actually very easy because you just get very good people to run it (laughs) yeah right yeah but i yeah there's lots of stuff there which makes life interesting it's certainly varied Uh, i still work part-time uh with the business i was involved in starting 25 years ago and so most of that actually is focused on working in australia and new zealand i've got family in New Zealand um but the business is global but it's only a day a week uh and yeah. most of my time is focused on um working uh working around with the city of bristol
1: so assuming you were very full on with in the business in the early, early years, I was, the as early as well. years. Yeah. I was in
0: the early years i was in the early years first, first 10 years and then i got to uh i got to my late 40s uh up to 50 and um yeah, just went through some interesting times, family-wise. Uh daughter, who was in the teenage years at the time, was very ill for a number of years, and just got me to question what life was about in terms of priorities. For me, I was very driven. Um, and I guess I am a sort of driven person, but then it was about success. It was about, you know, position in organisations and so on and so forth. And uh, I just got to a point where I realised actually that family – I'm um, uh, also a man of faith. You know that was very. I just rediscovered how important family faith was, was to me uh, in a way I probably hadn't decided, discovered before. And uh, at 50, I decided to back away from a lot of stuff I was doing and work part time. Um, so the last 15 years, um, my work has reduced from four to three to two and a half to now just a day a week. And then the stuff I do in the city has increased. Uh, and now, bless my daughter who mentioned she's now a mother of two and another one on the way uh, right. and uh, so we got family uh the next generation as it were
1: so yeah lots to, keep, lots to keep me
0: out of mischief and get me up in the morning
1: that's really great and uh and, and it's been great to be able to journey with you in, in part of that um that period particularly the the last 10 years i think probably is probably where we've we've connected yeah, yeah, we, yeah it has
0: and been and it's yeah. uh, so i use often use that little phrase and I often end an email when I've caught up with somebody. I always send an email when I met somebody. I often use that little phrase, it's great to share the journey. And, you know, it is. There's something about sharing the journey together, individually, corporately, um, that I believe is, is uh, really important because we can learn so much from each other.
1: Absolutely. And, and uh, you yeah, have done for you. So I'm hope, hopeful that within this interview there'll be some of the... The nuggets of wisdom that uh, you've shared with me over the, over the years, we'll be able <laughs> well, to drill that out for the listeners. not like any promises, Malcolm. We'll okay, trying. well, let's, let's see how we get on. So you'd be aware that this this week-long series is is based on hope, and we're looking at how do we build a, a, a culture of hope individually and corporately, and then we're looking at sub-themes within that. And to, today, and with you, I'd really like to look at generosity as a as a, a theme, yeah. and I've I, say generosity um, I think this is a really apt for for looking at your you know your background and where you are and what you're working in now but also knowing you as a as a man that I know that you what you I'd say you're probably one of the most generous people I know so that yeah, is, <laughs> <laughs> but you do embody that generosity and I know that a lot of the ventures you you're involved in that they're, they're they're often about connecting people with other people but also and just unlocking the the uh, resources that are out there and, and helping us all kind of um, connect with our, with, with our generous selves, if, if you like. Yep. And um, that just in terms of being generous, being a, being a generous person, what does that mean for you?
0: It's a good question. Eh? Uh, I say for me, I've been on a journey and um, a journey, which I guess has come to a place where um I use a bit of language, perhaps, which is counterintuitive, because I, I grew up in, you know, uh, I won't mention a particular name, but a particular prime minister we had in the past who engendered, and I'm not being political, so I'm not a political soul, but I grew up in a, uh, a time when um, you were very much taught, you know, every man for himself, you know, let's, uh, let's get what you can and whatever you can get, let's, you know, just keep it, because it's yours, yep. you, you deserve it, you've earned it. Uh, And I think that um, I think I've learned that one of the counterintuitive, countercultural ways that perhaps embodies generosity is actually getting to a place where rather than doing that and keeping it to yourself, actually you journey uh, and hold what you've got lightly. Uh, whatever that is, uh, whether it's your connections, whether it's your time, whether it's your resources in other ways, whether it's actually finance, is actually be open-handed uh, and hold it lightly, um, and find ways in which you can use that resource. And actually, to be frank, the thing that really makes a difference, I think, isn't actually what we often think will, which is money and uh, and finance. Actually, it's time. It's yep. time. Yep. Being generous with time, being generous and open-handed and open-hearted in the way that you make time for people uh, and sit and listen and just uh, relate and share the journeys. I think is one of the things. I am still on that. I'm still. I'm uh, working progress. I'm learning. We
1: all are in
0: progress. What it yeah. is. Yeah. What it is. But I think for me, it's that probably that embodies something of the spirit of generosity Um, and just being just holding whatever you have lightly and not grasping it for yourself but wanting to to be able to encourage um, others to to have a similar approach Um, and i have to say um you know uh, we might come to some examples later but particularly over the last year or two in the last year in the pandemic i have seen some extraordinary generosity which um, has been quite moving to be frank
1: that's amazing. Yeah, I look forward to hearing some of those. It's very much. Um, oh, it can be very countercultural to, to have that posture, like you said, to be yeah. open-handed and generous. And, and uh, so that's wonderful to hear that there are examples of that. And, and we know there are within this pandemic time. But it, and, and if anything, COVID has shown us how interconnected we all are. And actually, if, if one of us hurts, we all hurt. There's this. Yeah. You know, you, we can't. We can't yeah. escape yeah. that. Even I don't think anybody can argue that now um it's we are very much interconnected i've always yeah, yeah. thought about i mean i've been on a journey of seeking kind of holistic well-being and, and seeing that example just in our, in our uh, uh yeah with the climate so, you know you've got um you know the, the the water goes up into the clouds the clouds hit to the mountains the mountains bit back into the rivers the rivers to the seas there's this cycle of things and i heard somebody tell me what well, a talk once and the um person was saying how you know if we don't if we're not uh, generous we're not kind of uh, have a posture of giving then we become constipated we're like a blockage yeah. in, that, yeah, <laughs> in that system yeah that's a, so, that's a really good
0: picture that's a really yeah. good
1: picture yeah so that's um that's been yeah a focus for me but to, maybe we can just maybe dive into some examples that you've had over this this period of of um, engaging with these different ventures you've been involved in individual or personal or whatever it is do, do you have anything you could share about that
0: yeah I, yeah, I could probably think of lots of uh, trying to think lots of different ways. I think over the years, um I think one of the lovely things I, I see and have seen is is unexpected generosity. Um um I uh, I run a charity in a city called in uh In Hope, it used to be called Crisis Centre. Many people in Bristol you know Bristol will know a place called the Wild Goose. Um in fact you do, Malcolm. Yeah, um, that's right. you back those happy days when we purchased a building about 10 years ago and refurbished it and yeah. um we run a whole bunch of projects and one of those uh we ran at the the, one, the, the same building uh, carpenter house was a uh a women's night shelter we had it held it upstairs in in, um, in in one of the rooms there um and completely unexpectedly out of the blue and phone call from a, a guy that I, I know uh, really well, lovely guy, um, successful businessman, lives in the city, I'm not going to mention his name. Um, just sang me out of the blue and just blew me away. This was probably six or seven years ago. He said, Andy, he said, I've noticed that, that um, all of the women's only night shelters are closed. I said, yeah, because we, we were doing one. Up. And He said, yeah. He said, uh, I just want to uh, sound you out on something. He said, if... if um, if uh, if we could find a building um, that suited you and uh, if, uh, if I was to get that building for you and uh, if I was to refurbish it and convert it into exactly what you need for shelter uh, and I was going to pay you the rent for the next 15 years, would, would you be interested?" <laughs> And I'm sitting there thinking, mate, just pass. I literally said, just pass that by me again. So I'm <laughs> thinking, I've not heard anything like this Amazing. before. And blame me down if within a year uh, he had found a building, he had um, converted it in line with what you know we felt would be appropriate. 10-place uh, um, um, place called Spring of Hope uh, on Old Market. Uh, and he kept to his word. Most extraordinary generosity in the most humble way. No, yeah. no speaking for having his name on the door. You know, this was donated yeah. by what? You know, so forth. Extraordinary. Yeah. Um, I could probably give you a number of examples like that. Yeah. Um, let me give you another one. Um, yeah. The beginning of the pandemic. Um, this was literally almost exactly a year ago. Uh, you know, it was lockdown, wasn't it? Just a year ago, uh, yesterday, yeah. it's before today. Well, the week. A um, week ago, last week, um, on the Tuesday, I sat down as uh, a guy called um, Josh Eggleton, um, who's a Michelin star chef um, in, in the city. And um, he invited me to a, a meeting in the upstairs of one of his restaurants in Bristol. And there were 20, 25 chefs. Um, all of them knowing what was coming that with lockdown, their businesses were going to pretty much overnight right. disappear. Everyone was going to close right. and um, and you know they faced potentially economic annihilation. Yeah. Um, they were there to basically say look, we've got a choice. we can either you know just give up and go home or we can use the skills that we've got and we can basically say or well, we can cook meals we can. Yeah. Do all sorts of stuff to support the homeless, to support the most disadvantaged in the city, and that's exactly what they've been doing for the last year.
1: Wow, and they continue,
0: amazing. they continue to do. But I've just come off a call with a bunch of them, and they're looking to put their businesses, you know, back in operation. But their priority isn't to put their open up their Michelin star, you know, uh, again. It's to think how can we find innovative ways of creating good quality food for people who need it. Um, You know, punters like you and I want to go and pay at a restaurant, fine, but they're looking at innovative ways of supporting the most disadvantaged. You couldn't afford to go to a restaurant but still could deserve good food, Uh, but also create employment and training for disadvantaged young people um, from mixed backgrounds. Um, You know, that is a sector that is in desperate straits choosing intentionally to Be generous, I'm not sure what is. Let me give one more example. Oh, no, please
1: one, do. Yeah,
0: one more example, and that is I'm um, part of the faith community, uh, part of church in, in the city, uh, and um, uh, you know, church has done a lot as all sectors have in, in over the last year in the pandemic. Seems huge generosity from business. Can give you numerous examples from the VSC, you know, the, the voluntary uh, social enterprise sector, numerous, you know, um, examples from the faith sector, all faiths and none it been extraordinary. Um, he's an amazing guy, um, and I will mention his name. Um, he would kill me if he knew, but uh, Michael Lance, who runs a little church down in, in Stockwood uh, in south, um, south-east Bristol. And uh, out of the limb, yeah, it's not the most wealthy part of the city. It's quite mixed, but generally, you know, pretty tough down there. Yep. Uh, and, of course, this time last year, he had to close his church, little church, average age of about 72. Um, mm-hmm. And there he was, church leader, uh, didn't have a church to leave, really. what did he do? So he rolled his sleeves up and he said, right. He said, I'm gonna reach out and I'm gonna connect with people across this community. And I'm gonna basically see what can we do to coordinate a community response to the pandemic. Not about faith, he didn't wanna preach it. everybody. He simply said, I can't do what I was doing, but I'm gonna roll my sleeves up and give my time. He had no money to contribute to it, just his time. The response that uh, was forthcoming in that part of the city under his guidance and shaping and leadership was phenomenal. Um, And that wasn't about money, it wasn't about skill. He didn't come with expertise as such, other than a willingness to be generous with his time. And it's been extraordinary to see. So three little examples to give you more, but- uh, Oh, it's
1: so good. So good. good things, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. amazing and uh, such great- um, well, it's just it's just great stories like that, and great testimonies. They just uh, they just build your hope, don't they? That they, they yeah uh, they they, yeah. S- they provide yeah. an opportunity for you to say, okay, well maybe maybe I could do something like that, or yeah, or maybe th- a group of us could get together and do whatever it is to support yep. a local. Absolutely. there's no limit. Absolutely, right. No limit. Yeah. No, that's right. And so. Th- those are listening to the now, they, they um some may be already involved in, in the charity sector or social enterprise and maybe they're they're seeking for an opportunity to get involved. They they're wanting to they're seeing they're seeing a need and they want to, you know, plug the gap. They yeah. want to be, be be generous in in a certain way. Uh often you mentioned this about the kind of the great gift of time, which we 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 all can and it's that is, you know, we're we're time pressured in many ways, but we can we can that is a great gift that we can give. Because the there is a, a feeling that um, if you don't have great, great funds in the bank, that you you're not going to be not going to be useful as a, 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 you know, and be generous, uh, be able to be generous. That's just for the rich people to do that. But that that's not true, and and you know that's, that's no. not true. But but what what are the what things do you think? Uh, what opportunities are out there? Maybe in other cities, uh, you don't have to. You know, obviously people aren't all in Bristol. But what what type of things could could folk kind of get involved in and kind of exercise yeah. that generosity? Yeah.
0: It's really interesting. I mean, I would very seldom if I'm talking to people about supporting the city. Um, I do have times when I'm you know, representing a charity and, and, you know, we're doing a bit of fundraising, but actually it's time. It's mm. that. Time makes a difference. Time, you know, we always thrive, don't we, individually, when somebody gives time to us. Um, yeah. And... Um, you know, families who are struggling benefit when people give time, not in a condescending, patronising way. We just get alongside, put your arm around somebody. Not that we can do that very easily at the moment. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but also the way in which we reach out and to our communities and to our city. Um, and it's time. Um, you know, last, uh, over the last couple of years, you um, on something called feeding Bristol, i think you mentioned it earlier and yeah. um, it's yeah. about getting the city to be joined up in the way that we address issues around food poverty mm. um, and uh, it's not a big charity never will be but it's it's intended to be influential in terms of shaping the way that we do stuff it's all about collaboration and partnership yeah. it's about getting the city to be joined up and um, we've got a program that we've done the last two or three years called healthy holidays which is reaching out to 16,000 kids who are on preschool meals, and other kids who are from families that are, that are struggling uh, in, in many of our parts of the city that, that we would describe as being, um, yeah, you know, uh, down the hill, or whatever. Um, yeah. And um, one of the most amazing things we've seen, and there'll be an opportunity this year, so people who are listening, if you're in business, here's an opportunity. You know, what, what really transformed it has been the generosity of time from businesses and companies across the city, right. all of whom give their employees you know, a day or several days a year uh, for what they call corporate social responsibility. What we were able to do was give them a project where rather than go off and paint a wall or do bits and pieces, this was a significant movement where hundreds, we had one company... Um, quite a big company, financial company in the city, um, well-known. Um, one of them is somebody to do with Bristol City, so you, you know who I'm talking about, if you can put a bit, the, 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 the you know add the numbers together. Yeah. But they, it, I think it was two, it was 120 volunteers, you know, over the summer, um, phenomenal numbers, and we'll be doing the same this year. Uh, and so there's lots of opportunity, you know, to be... To, to give time to volunteer, but to do it in a joined-up way. Right. Um, one of the yeah. things I've 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 loved seeing in in recent years is a is a city that, that celebrates collaboration and partnership. Um, right. We have something yeah. called a One City Plan yes. in Brisbane, um, which for me speaks something quite significant over a city. It's saying actually we see the real we see real benefit of when when we come together, irrespective of whatever background whether we're business, whether we're voluntary, whether we're faith, whether we're wealthy, whether we're yeah. struggling, whatever it might be, we all have a role to play yeah. because we have a contribution to make. And there's a, there's a strength that comes come from, from that sense of collaboration and partnership. There's Something happens, there's a dynamic that happens that's really significant because people suddenly realise that whoever they are as an individual or a small group, small charity, a business, they can be part of a whole and contribute to city transformation yeah. and the one city plan uh, has an amazing little statement on the front of it because your theme i think for the week is hope it says this it says it's a, it's a one city Plan is a plan for bristol for 2050 it says its vision for for 2050 is is a bristol uh, and you can say this about any city what a vision is this is bristol is a fair healthy and sustainable city a city of hope and aspiration where everyone can share in its success. And the wonderful thing is that when you get to a place where everybody is able to share in the success of something, it's because most likely they've all been generous in the way that they've given to that process over time of building Something that reflects oneness, reflects collaboration, partnership, unity—call it whatever name you want to, you want to use. And there are so many ways. I gave you one example with healthy holidays. You know the feeding program. So many ways where we don't have to look very far to find ways where we can simply give a little bit of time. Sometimes it might be a bit of finance too, but time is the thing. Time's the most important thing that we can give, you know, our kids, our grandkids, our parents, our friends. That's what makes a difference. That's the sort of generosity that ultimately um, will create hope. Um, And not just a a sense of being hopeful, but being full of hope, a real sense that this is the situation, even given the pandemic and the, the desperately difficult, sad journey that we've been on, there is, can still be a sense of hope, even in the most difficult of times when we come together and we're generous.
1: That's so good, Andy. Thanks so much for sharing this. I feel like we could keep going on, um, but I think it's pretty good to, um, to draw it to a close and just really encouraged by what you've got to share. Hopefully those that are listening will be encouraged to maybe to seek the community, seek people in their community that they could draw, yeah, go for or, it. link arms yeah. with and, and do something uh, collective. Um, but adopting that posture of of generosity and um yeah i think it's it, it without doubt it creates this culture of hope and uh you, you're seeing it uh, i'm seeing this particularly in bristol but it's not just for bristol this is for absolutely anywhere, in, it could in, in be country. any community mate
0: anywhere
1: in the world yeah. yeah it's so good thanks so much for your time great to be with we'll you be able with to meet in person yeah. soon and yeah. uh really appreciate journeying with you as, as uh, you always say as well so uh, thanks andy 谢谢 sí, sí.